Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Let me get to the COVID payments. And some businesses are finding it difficult to fill the jobs as they attempt to resume trading. IBEC is calling for the COVID-19 unemployment payment, which is worth €350 a week, to be reviewed as a matter of urgency. Almost four in ten people claiming the payment were earning less than €300 before the actual outbreak. So nearly half of the people claiming the COVID payment are actually earning more money now than they were before they were getting the COVID payment. Let me explain that to you very simply. That many people who are full-time workers in good jobs are not getting a COVID payment. They're getting the government subsidy, where the government are subsidising their employer to pay them up to 70% or up to 85% of the wages if they're on less than, I think it was, €24,000. So they're not getting the COVID payment because they're still employed. But those who were made unemployed at the very start of this, when businesses dropped a lot of people, particularly part-time workers. So Joey O'Mary works at the weekend, you know, and earns 180 quid. They lost their jobs and they're now on a COVID payment. And they're getting 350 Or they might have been earning 250 And now they're on 350 And it was a temporary payment. It was never going to be means tested, never going to be really checked. And it was going to come to an end at some point. And the end of that, of course, is uh, the end of next month. Right, or the end of this month, should I say. No, it was June, the end of June. So today I want to talk about the COVID payment and the fact for that for some people are refusing basically to return to work. For some people, they're earning more, as I said, <clears throat> than they would have in work. For others, there is a genuine fear of returning to work during the, during the pandemic and they would prefer to be unemployed and at home instead of taking a risk of getting a virus in work, uh, which is probably an irrational risk, but however. Uh, today, I want to get your thoughts on the fact that people do not want to return to work while they're on the COVID payment. And Varadkar is saying that if people do not want to return to work when the job is open and ready for them, that they will no longer be eligible for that payment. And the government will give clarity on this next week. I want to know if you agree with it. Do you agree with Leo Varadkar saying that if there's a job for you there and your employer says, listen, Johnny or Mary, we need you back in work. Your, your position is there. We're opening up on Friday. Government guidelines, the phase, the plan. They said we can open up. You know, as a hardware shop, a garden centre or one of the small shops that's going to open in the next phase, which hopefully is brought forward a little bit. And we want you back in work. And you go, oh, no, you know, I don't know. I have an elderly mother at home or, you know, I have kids. One of my kids is, is a bit vulnerable and... No, I, I feel safer staying at home. I'm going to get, I want the COVID payment. Do you believe Leo Varadkar is right in basically saying that you have to go back to work or you're not getting your COVID payment? Maybe you're on the payment and fearful of returning to work. I want to know what you think. Or maybe you have been working right through this pandemic and think it is disgraceful that people won't return to work and they're getting money for sitting at home doing nothing. I want to get your thoughts on this today. Do you agree with the government saying that people must go back to work if their job is ready for them? Or is that unfair of the government to pressure people into going back to work? Because if you don't go back to work, you won't be getting any money. Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Jesus, Barry, you're some arsehole, aren't you? You text in every single day calling me a millionaire. I wish I was. Give us a couple of million, Barry, will you? Jerry, you're on Classic Hits. How you doing, Jerry? Hey, thanks for having me again. Jerry, I mean, is the government right to turn around and say to people, well, look, your job is open. Go back to work. If you're afraid to go back to work, that's your problem. We're not paying you anymore. Look, I couldn't agree more with a lot of the stuff you say there. And one would sit back here and ask, what are you guys smoking up there? To put it mildly. <laughs> I mean, there, there is a particular echo chamber, I think, by now, within the government halls 
and um, the advisors and the um, uh, and the press. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, and a lot oh, the of media. It, Gary, you know, Jerry, I would be the first person to say the media are, I'd say, eighty percent responsible uh, for the, generating the fear around COVID nineteen. There is a framing problem, you know, in in the language that we see every day in the media and in the announcements from the government. So uh, I'm looking at two uh, media outlets here. Yeah. One says, um, uh, Varadka says, people refusing to return to work would lose pandemic payments. And then I read another one here from RTE that says, fast tracking of roadmap only if data says it's safe. So if if you read those two headlines, one tells you you have to go back to work or you lose the payment, and the other says um, uh, fast track of the roadmap only if data says it's safe. So they're speaking out of both sides. Yeah, they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth, really, aren't they? Exactly, exactly. So... (sighs) I think what's needed here is a great deal of honesty. And that, uh, that honesty goes back to the numbers. Look at the numbers. What, what does the data say? Uh, drill down in those stats. Um, uh, what ICD codes were used in the, in the mortality? What were the underlying conditions? Be honest about those. With those numbers, go back to the people and say, you over there in that age group from, you know, well, zero well, well, to, I'm glad to 40 or to 50. I, I know where you're going with this, Jerry, and I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. I'll tell you why. Because on the, I'm looking here on the April the 16th, uh, the Dutch basically did the highest amount of antibody tests. Now, this is now, I know, I know America are doing quite a lot of those at the moment. And we're supposed to be, uh, Killian de Gascon mentioned yesterday that we are going to be doing random antibody tests, which is people yeah. who have already had it may not have even had symptoms and didn't even know they had it. It's random. So they pick a random percentage of the population and they yeah. test them to see if they have it, right? To yeah. get an idea of how many people have had it and what the actual mortality rate of coronavirus or COVID-19 is. Yeah. And in the Dutch, uh, in this particular research, uh, which was presented to the Dutch House of Representatives. Um, and this was only April the 16th, so it was only recently, all right. Uh, when I say recently, reasonably recently, all right. Um, because obviously it takes a while to accumulate these figures. 20 to 29 age group, 0.003% mortality. Now, they would be the age group that wouldn't be really affected. None of that actually are yeah. not affected at all, okay? Yeah. And they say also that the majority of people between the age of 20 and 29 didn't even know they had it, right? So and now when you get up to the higher age bracket, so the highest they have here, because they don't go over the over 70s, because that's obviously quite high, 60 to 69, so up to the age of 70, 0.4% mortality. Now, yeah. that's one in every 200, okay, at the age of 70. That's still a very low mortality rate. So, I, you know, I, I, I don't understand why people have, I, I understand there's a fear of getting COVID-19 and gosh, you could be one of that one in 200 if you were, yeah. sev- if you were 70 years of age. Yeah. But I mean, if you're not 70, it, it's one, like if you're 29, it's one in 2000. So what, the exactly. chat, the cha- and that's only if you get the virus in the first place. Uh, let's go back to children. I mean, children, we're talking about schools opening in uh, September when in practice, this sh- probably should have been open around now. Why? Because we've got the benefit of our own data. Can they tell us how many children have died uh, from COVID here in Ireland and what their uh, circumstances were? And then we've got the benefit of data from Europe that does confirm... Uh, I don't, I don't uh, think there has been a child. Schools but, yeah, but I, 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 to, 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 I, I'm sorry, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. 
But I don't think any child has died in this country of COVID-19. I don't think any, by the way, I don't think any child in the world has died of COVID-19 with no pre-existing uh, problems. Yeah. There was yeah. one case in Switzerland, which the, the, the world's media went bonkers about. Uh, the child was uh, four years of age. And they said they had no underlying conditions. And it turned out they got the uh, the code wrong. The code where they put down the death certificate. And the person exactly. was actually 104, not 4. So. And, and, and this is the concern. You see, when you talk about framing in the media, I know in the, in the UK early on, is it in March or early April, uh, the, one of the papers was very, seemed very excited with the news that a 21-year-old without underlying conditions uh, died. And that was found not to be true, and the retraction was somewhere the next few days at the bottom of the page. And, and that's very problematic. So most of this news is driven out there for mass effect. And what is that effect? It's the fear effect. So we really need to get very realistic about the numbers. And, uh, I, I, think, I think the newspapers and the media in general are getting away with a lot. And, exactly. and and I tried to explain this. And by the way, I am not for one minute suggesting that, you know, it's good to get COVID-19 or yeah. that people aren't dying of it. Of course, you know, thousands of people around the world are dying of it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, I, but I think the media are getting away with saying a lot of sensationalizing a lot of news that they would have never got away with before. And I gave you an example there recently. That two, well, last year we talked about uh, the HPV vaccine. And of course, I'm pro-vaccine and I recommend that every teenager should yeah. get HPV. But there was a group of people, obviously, who were going around telling us that, oh, if you took HPV vaccine, my daughter took it and she got POTS syndrome the following day. The government were very quick to come out to newspapers, the media and everybody else and saying, you cannot be having people on the air saying that without being challenged because that's wrong. That's incorrect. These people are literally, they're called, the HSE referred to them as terrorists. And because there was no evidence around that, it was a correlation, right? But then it seems okay now for us to correlate. And when I talk about correlation, for example, the, the best example of that more recently is this Kawasaki syndrome, uh, that young children... It, it's a disease that's been around for 40 years. And my goodness, they, for, for some reason, I get this sense that they, somebody out there wants this to be true. That's what I'm saying. There is no evidence. But yet, the headline in the New York Post, you know, 12 children die of COVID-19 related illness, which is completely untrue. And then when you read the article down below, it's, it's not saying what the headline is saying. No, it's, yeah, say, it's, it's saying it's doctors are saying there is no confirmation that the two are connected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Going back to, you know, the, the, the discussion around uh, the economy and opening, uh, reopening the economy, you know, Economies work on volume and, and long tails. And without volume, you do not have a business at all, right? Most of these businesses have uh, large fixed costs. You know, they have rent, mortgages, and variable costs. And even in the good times, because of, you know, such an efficient economy we have, most businesses, you know, would, you know, be on a, sub 10% uh, profit, which is still quite handsome, but that's all contingent on, you know, the, 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 the footfall in, in, in the shops and, and, and in the bars. So if, if you ask these businesses to reopen, and yes, people, a, a portion of people will have their jobs back with perhaps less hours, who's going to make up for the shortfall? Well, Are the you, government have clearly said yesterday they won't be making up for it. Are you going to do it out of the price? Or, or, or a pint, if you get um, 
I know. Will the restaurant be charging an extra 20 euro for the meal because they can only get half the amount of people in the door? I, I get you. But Okay, but getting back to the original question I asked you, so what do you say to people who say, I'm not going back to work because I'm afraid of getting the, uh, the COVID? So, Is that an irrational fear? Okay, so it's my it's my opinion that it's an irrational fear, but somebody is responsible for that fear. Okay, well, do me a favour. Just stay there a second because I want to try and get to a few people yeah. as well. Uh, Jerry, uh, Carl, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Carl? How are you doing? I, I just feel um, if, if, if they're claiming the payment and their employer calls them to go back to work, your job is ready available. Their employers obviously have to making the premises as safe as possible with PPE and protections or whatever. You should be. Uh, you should. You should. You should. You should have to go back to work. And uh, if if you're getting the payment, your payment should automatically stop. When you, when you go back to work, your payment stops anyway. So if yeah. they refuse, if they refuse to go back to work, well, they should be uh, just um, put on normal social welfare, just like just like anybody else. Simple. So what happens? The tax payers don't have to pay for this in the end of it all. You know. So what happens? Say you know Johnny uh, with his wife uh, and two kids. And maybe the elderly mother lives with them or something like that. And he says, well, I can't go back to work. Not no, until this, this, this is all over because I'm an elderly mother. See, firstly, Noel, they're arguing, oh, I'm after losing my job. And that was the worst thing in the world. But then all of a sudden when people start to get more money than what they were earning in their job and, and the sun is shining, they're happy to, to drink cans and sit at home yeah. for the summer and get paid for it. Yeah, so it's, I don't think it's that's right. See, it is human nature, right, Jerry? It is. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know whether you... I, I don't want to end up paying for them in the end of it all, which the taxpayer will, you know? I, I, by the way, I don't know whether you've seen the pictures yesterday on the beaches in Britain, particularly because it was 26 degrees in Bournemouth and other beaches. It was like you were looking at a scene from last year. And I, where this fear um, that we're talking about, where it actually is, because nobody was social distancing. Uh, everybody was just on the beach was absolutely jam packed with people yeah. you know so well, look, I, we're beginning to, we're beginning to see this everywhere people you know people have their instincts and they know they know the the the, the inherent risk level that is there do you honestly i think, disagree with that i tell you yeah. i think the artist people know because the artist people watch the rt news now, yeah. to be honest, and I, I know you're probably following yourself, but I, what I find, and we also have, in, in my own job, we let a fella go the other day, we put, we put him on 14 days quarantine because he came in with his haircut. So he was after going after some other foreigner uh, that he found he, on He was put, he, a, on, he was he put on 14 on days quarantine he got, because he got his haircut. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to do these things. So he's after going after some foreigner who was advertising on Facebook. Yeah, I seen yeah, the ad. I seen the ad by the way. Somebody said this week today. Yeah, no protection, no nothing. And then he came uh, back into he came back into work and he's dabbing around the place and sure, that's not right. So, uh, but uh, but uh, hang on, it's not the crime of the century. The person that cut his hair most likely didn't have COVID nineteen anyway. So he, th- that that fella was breaking the law anyway. He shouldn't have been doing what he was doing. He, he's not. Well, he's breaking guidelines. It's not. Actually, there's no law says you can't get your hair cut. They're government guidelines. It's not a criminal. Hold on. It'll never. And I hope it'll never be a criminal offence to get your hair cut, right? But what I'm saying, that's a. Com- but at the I've, moment, it is. But I think at the that, moment, it's, 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 it's against the law to drive four than five kilometres from your home. Oh, no, you know it's a, no. Now, hang on. Let, let's be clear about this, right? It's a government advisory, and the Garda Shikana are there to implement the advisory. And then why, why, do they, why do they arrest people? They arrest people under the Public Order Act if, by not obeying the orders of a member of Garda Shikana, right? Yeah. So yeah, the, the way the way it works is it's quite complicated because it goes back to our constitution, right? We do have a constitutional right to move about freely, right? 
Now, if you, for example, go past the five kilometres in your in your car on an unnecessary journey, you are breaking a government guideline and advisory, which is brought in for the moment under emergency legislation. So the Garda Síochána, they don't arrest you. What they do is they say to you, listen, you're making an unnecessary journey. Can you go back home? They'll tell you to go back home. And if you refuse to do that, then you're not cooperating with the guards, so you'll be arrested under the Public Order Act. So that's the way that works at the moment, all right, because it's mm-hmm. emergency legislation. So in relation to the, the lad getting his hair cut, I'm sorry, but I don't agree that he should have to be kicked out of his job for 14 days because he went and got his hair cut. He's, he's putting people at risk, just like anybody if they're travelling. I, I, I understand he shouldn't do it. But... from another country and they travel through an airport and then they, they attend work, which they did, which happened at the start when all this started at, they were told 14 days before you can come back to work. So it's the exact same thing if you were supposed to quarantine your home and then you go off and get your but hair. But the, the guy that cuts his hair, I assume, lives here in this he country. Lives here. Yeah, he lives here. He's a foreigner. But how, how come? Noel, I, I, rent, I rent rooms to people around the place. And they're foreigners. And her, this is what I'm listening to all the time. But you're, you're going oh, to, but yeah, but what's happening? And Carl, you came on very reasonable at the start, but you're kind of going down a bit of a rabbit hole here. Let's say, for example, one of your workers and said, Jay's, I went for a bit of a walk there yesterday, but I actually walked six kilometres instead of five. Are you going yeah. to tell him to stay at home for 14 days too? Uh, he's, break, I, I, he's breaking I, the rules as well. I don't make the rules now. I'm I know, I, I mean, I'm just saying it's not the crime of the century that he got his hair cut. You're at the start of the whole row now, Carl. I can't believe this. This is not what the topic was about today. But you started a whole row with people saying, is Carl being ridiculous? The chap got his hair cut. He didn't kill yeah. somebody. So, you know, I think if you have a population that is largely um, uh, uh, innocent and law-abiding, you have a greater responsibility to make sure that the advice that you're dispersing out there is responsible. And, you know, the Irish people have done very well you know, since, since March, you know, yeah. to, uh, to, to make sure all the guidelines are followed. Within, re- within as, reasons. As we, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some people have broken guidelines. A lot of people have, but nothing too yeah. serious. You know what I mean? Generally speaking, we've been reasonably well behaved. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if tomorrow the government says you can go 10Ks, going back to the joke you made there about breaching the five, uh, do you quarantine somebody who's breached uh, 6K? These are quite arbitrary. I mean, you have countries that have one meter distancing rules. We have two. We have two. All of this is arbitrary. You've got countries that where you go to jail if you're not wearing a mask. In the Middle East, you go to jail for three years. For not wearing a mask? Yeah. Glad I don't, I don't, know, glad what, I don't live there. Is it, is it Qatar or yeah. uh, one of those countries? Well, uh, there, are, there are countries in Europe that do have fines. Uh, I'm not too sure which. Is it Austria? I can't remember. One of the countries in Europe, they, they have serious fines if you don't wear your mask. But, but, but hang on, Jerry. Just let me get back. I need to get back to Carl there. Are you still there, Carl? Yeah. Yeah. Carl, so did the lad, did he admit that he got his hair cut or did somebody catch him out? I admitted it. What, he just came in and said, oh, one of, I got my hair cut off some lad no, on he, Facebook? He, he was talking to one of the managers and just... Happened just to mention it. Yeah. And the manager said, right, off you go, go home for 14 days. Yeah, well, look, he's, he's, he's young lad, there's a lot of elderly people in the, in the place, so you can't take that risk. Of all but, but how far do you take that down the rabbit hole going forward? I don't know, I but, don't know. How far uh, when does that all stop? Well. Yeah, but when does that all stop? Does everything stuff for the children? No, no, no. I understand. I understand rational fear, but I also don't. I, un, I also understand irrational fear. Now, if it was a case that it was 
somebody who came into the country that day to cut his hair, I could kind of understand some sort of level of fear. But if it's someone who's living here, who's obviously abiding by the rules to some extent, but going around doing nixers, which he shouldn't be doing. Well, then why is like, people in the supermarkets have PPE? Because they're dealing with people on a regular basis. They don't have PPE. Hold on. People in supermarkets don't have PPE. They have protection barriers around them, Niall. Yeah, but, but hang on. I've, I haven't been to a supermarket where somebody's all dressed up in PPE. The girls in my supermarket don't even have masks on. Now, this lad wouldn't have, has absolutely nothing. And, uh, oh yeah, I actually asked. And they said, yeah, he just, just had a chair there in the house. So how many people has, he, has came to him? Yeah. Well, let me, well, let, well, okay, well, let, well, let me just throw it out there and, and see, are you, do you think, you know, your boss is being reasonable? Let me just throw it out there. I, I mean, people listening today, do you believe that, yes, he did break the guidelines, there's no doubt about that, because, but I can tell you now, there's loads of women in this country who have got their hair done by hairdressers. It seems, it's the, I actually just said it this morning, who would have thought in 2020 hairdressing would be on the black market? But anyway. Yeah. Well, no, I let you said last week, well, who's, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, extreme from employers. It is or it isn't. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But then again, last week we had this conversation on your show. Who's going to protect the employers? Is it going to be the employer's insurance? Is it going to be the state if someone else gets COVID-19 in the workplace? Well, I think we have to set a reasonable guideline in relation to that. That's up to our government and Minister for Justice to do that because here's the thing, Carl. Going back to last well, year, are you, if we go back in time a year, Okay, many of us got the flu. Uh, a million, a half million people die every year of it. It is dangerous. I'm not saying it's as dangerous as COVID nineteen, but it is dangerous. Should I be able to sue my employer if I get the flu and work, and I'm out of work for a week and I, I'm at death's door? Should I be able to sue them? Are you sure we had this conversation last week, Noel? I'm, no, I'm just curious. Do you think I should be able to sue my employer? You know, no. So, so if an employer, if a player physically knows that his some of his staff have not been obeying the guidelines and have put other members of staff at risk and then those members of staff happen to get the virus you're in the shit then okay well let me go to Patrick Patrick you're on classic hits let me get back to the COVID payment oh god sorry I didn't switch it on there Patrick hold on Patrick you're on classic hits how you doing Patrick good thanks yeah okay we're going down we're going down another rabbit hole there we could go down a million of those today in in a day well the COVID payment was the original question uh, it was yes yes sorry well you see now what happens is you have people who built this country up who are maybe 66, 67, and without them, Ireland wouldn't be the country it is today. And they employed staff and they had everyone working for them and they were hiring lots of people. And suddenly they're down to is it the pension or whatever. They're not allowed to get 350. Yeah, because they're and over 65, yeah. Out of school or working part time can throw away their 200 quid a week or whatever they're getting and get 350, which is totally unfair. Well, it is. No, we, we spoke to Michal about that the other day because Michal is, is 70, whatever he is, and he can't get the mm. COVID payment. And he's working full-time, paying his taxes and everything. But in relation to those who don't want to go work, back to work, who have a fear of going back to work, do you think the COVID payment should be should cut off for them? Oh, God, gotcha. yeah, it should be. because like, your, your job uh, is there, go back to work, that's it. Well, put it to this way, Niall. Uh, if fear got people into this in the first place, the fear of no money would get them back to work. Right. And what happens if you're sent home for getting your hair cut? Should you get the COVID payment then? Well, Niall, uh, I don't think uh, you should be getting your hair cut full stop. And, uh, and, and, and on a side issue, if you saw RT News one night, some of the presenters had their hair cut. So whether they have an in-house hairdresser working all the time, I don't know. I, I find that actually quite weird, that when you look at presenters on TV or politicians, they all have their hair cuts. 
I mean, and I'm look, they, they look like they have professional haircuts. Now, I don't know where maybe their wives or their husbands or whatever know, it is are cutting their hairs. I don't you know. know. I don't know who's cutting their hair, but somebody's cutting it. Yeah, because my hair is starting to look like someone else. Is it? The hippie movement or something like that. <laughs> You're looking a bit like Boris Elgovich, are you? Yeah, so I'm wondering how are they all looking so well, like, you know? <laughs> your man looks great. What's, what's your man's name? Oh, I have to forget. He was standing in for Tony Hula, our whole on yesterday. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he looks great. He's got a wonderful haircut. Let me just go to Donal. Donal, you're on Classic Hills. How you doing, Donal? How you doing, Donal? Uh, Grant, Donal, do you think the COVID payment should be cut for people who don't want to go back to work because they have a fear? Of course it is, Niall. Niall, I, I, I told Helena there, my son, he's an apprentice electrician. He was getting 250 euros a week. Now he's getting 350 for sitting on his ass. It's absolutely ridiculous. Why, and are you telling me the revenue couldn't know what people were getting every week? Why did they have to pay him more than they were getting? Because it would be, the. I, I understand the logic behind it. It was brought in very quickly in the, the space of four or five days it was something they had to do very fast. That they couldn't administrate it or means test it. They just couldn't. It wouldn't have been possible. People would have been left for weeks without without any money. So they had to just do it very quickly. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Nile Boylan Show. Classic. Hit.